The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. You with joy and expectancy in our hearts. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for the rain of blessing, the rain of favor, the rain of your mercy. And we thank you that this rain brings victory for us. It brings celebration for us. And it announces our jubilee once again. So we bless you this morning from the depths of our hearts. And we thank you, Lord. You put that note of victory in heavy, every heart. You put that song of joy on every tongue. And you give everyone in this place and everyone connected in this service you give them that note of victory that sound of celebration everywhere in their lives and we say take all the praise take all the glory father in the name of jesus and the person that believes god has given them victory shouted it louder hallelujah glory be to god Help me turn to five people just before you take your seat and tell them, welcome to your jubilee. Welcome to your jubilee. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. How has your week been? I hope you have not been soaked in too much rain, physical rain. And if you have, you just use it as a sign. Just tell yourself, okay, this is a sign that rain is falling upon my life spiritually. Can somebody declare that in faith this morning? Say, rain is falling upon me spiritually. Praise God forevermore. We've been prophesying and we've been declaring it's a season of rain. Praise God. And we've looked into so many scriptures to show us what God means when he says um, it's time for rain spiritually, not physically. And we've seen over and over again, um, the rain is to bring abundance. The rain is to announce a change in season, a positive change in season. The rain is to bring celebration. That's what we touched on last Sunday. Celebration. You ought to be celebrating. You ought to be celebrating. If you are not celebrating and you are a Christian, you are not doing it right. And it's important you understand that. And you begin to adjust yourself. You begin to adjust your ways. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a king. It's a difference when a poor man organizes a wedding for his son. It's a difference when the king organizes a wedding for his son. I'm sure many of us here are old enough to remember if you watch the news during the royal wedding that took place in the UK a few years ago. I mean, the whole world was at a standstill. It was a celebration. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, that's how it is to be in the kingdom of God. 
That's how it is. Apostle Paul says it this way. He said the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. It's not in physical things that we can touch or feel or eat. He said it's in righteousness. It's in, somebody help me, peace and thirdly what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. Righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So it's not a matter of um, I am right in myself. You are never going to be right in yourself. And I think this is where many people have a problem. In fact, let's start with First Kings. Um, go back to First Kings. It's a text we've studied over and over again. And while you open First Kings, also put a finger on Leviticus 25. If you don't know where that is in your Bible, I can understand. Just use your table of contents. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, many of us use digital Bibles these days. So First Kings chapter 18. This is where many people are praying. We talked about this um, last week. It's righteousness in the Holy Ghost. It's the righteousness that God imparts to you by his spirit. It's the peace that God gives you by his spirit. You just said, my peace, I live with you. And I'm not going to give you peace like the world gives. He said, I'm going to give you a peace that surpasses understanding. And if you really study the Bible, I mentioned this yesterday, you've got to understand what God is saying by that. Um, we looked at what David said in Psalm 23. He said, you anoint my head with all my cups run over. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So you can have peace in the midst of a storm. You can have righteousness in the midst of a storm. In other words, you may still be battling some things, um, seeing things even in your life. You are not perfect. Nobody is going to be perfect. But you can embrace the righteousness of God by the Spirit. And you can have joy. Like that songwriter said, I have joy in the midst of chaos. There's chaos all around me. But the joy that God gives is my portion. There's joy around me. I have peace in the midst of a storm. Jesus told the disciples, let's go over to the other side. A storm came that was rocking the boat to the point where the disciples thought they were going to die and they were afraid. But to their surprise, Jesus was asleep, comfortably on a pillow. Peace in the midst of a storm. That's God preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And that's how it's going to be on this side of eternity. If you are going to wait for everything to be okay before you begin to enjoy and receive and embrace what God gives you, you are going to wait for a long time. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And you may never experience what God wants you to have. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. And that's why these things we are saying to you is very important. Look at this in 1 Kings 18. And then we'll go to Leviticus 25. 1 Kings chapter 18. Background story again. God had announced drought through his prophet Elijah. 
and then God sent that prophet to now announce rain. The rain was coming after the three years or three and a half years of the drought. Verse 41 is what I want you to look at. This is, this is the attitude. This is the spirit. And this is how you have to live in this world if you are going to enjoy what God has for you. We're going to get into that this morning. See, we're announcing jubilee. This, this second half of the year, all the things we've been praying about and all the things that have been prophesied to us about the rain, the prosperity it will bring, the increase it will bring, the breakthrough it will bring, the victory it will bring, the abundance it will bring, the outpouring of the spirit that will come with the rain. All these prophecies and all these things we have been declaring, all of them can be summarized in a way. The goal, the ultimate objective of God is for you to have jubilee, freedom, liberty by the spirit. That's where God is taking you to. In every area of your life, can somebody shout a loud amen? amen. Hallelujah. And you can begin to declare that and announce that and receive it for yourself today. Somebody say, I receive jubilee today. I can't hear you. Say, I receive jubilee today. I receive freedom today. I receive liberty today. In every area of my life. Somebody shout, I have financial freedom. I have health freedom. I have marital freedom. In the name of Jesus. Verse 41, 1 Kings 18. This is after Elijah had heard from God that the drought is now over. Elijah said to the king, Ahab, go, eat, and drink. In other words, go and start celebrating. Praise God. Go and start rejoicing. Go and start feasting. Can you look at a neighbor and tell him, oh, this morning, start celebrating. Something is wrong when a believer cannot celebrate. It means you are still believing that you are in bondage. And more than the bondage that may or may not be happening... What is really holding you down is your unbelief. Oh, somebody has been having health crisis and he has done all the tests. And doctors are saying, okay, this is the problem. You have this condition. And that's a serious bondage. And because of that doctor's report, when a word of God comes to that person and the person can't start eating and drinking and celebrating, what is really holding him down is not the negative health record he has. What is really keeping him in bondage now is his unbelief. Am I talking to somebody this morning? The king told him, go and start rejoicing. Now, you understand from the story, the rain had not fallen yet. In fact, read further with me. He told him, go and start rejoicing for there is a sound of abundance of rain. In other words, no rain yet. There was no rain. It's just that I've heard what God has said. And the Bible told us, so Ahab went to eat and drink. Faith. Ahab started celebrating. Not because he saw rain. Not because the harvest, I mean, for you to have a harvest, the rain must fall first. <laughs> and the rain must fall for a long time. 
to help you to sow your seed and then to have your harvest, then you can now have something to celebrate. That's naturally speaking, and there's nothing wrong with that. I always say as believers, we must celebrate on two levels. There is the natural, physical, actual, well, no, not actual, tangible celebration where you do after you have seen the physical harvest, after you have built the house, after you have bought the car. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's this one where all you have, we talked about that last Sunday, sometimes all you have is a word from God. And I love this particular demonstration in this story here. Ahab did not hear God himself. All Ahab had was Elijah told him, go and celebrate. And you understand that Ahab was not a, it wasn't that he was a righteous king. He was a sinner king. But he had enough spiritual sense. Tap your neighbor beside you. Close your eyes so, so the person will not be angry with you. Say, borrow yourself sense. Borrow, borrow yourself spiritual sense. Oh, that person doesn't like you. Top, top one neighbor, say, borrow yourself spiritual intelligence. Borrow, borrow yourself. Borrow yourself. <laughs> Honestly, at times like this, we need it. We need it. Because you will be shocked. There are people here that maybe six months of this year, they have not genuinely celebrated. And it's because of all the darkness and all the gloominess and all the negative things all over the world, all over our nation, and perhaps in their own life. And you can be justifying yourself that this is why I'm not going to celebrate, this is why I'm not going to rejoice, so, so, and so has happened to me, so, so, and so happened to me. You don't understand the word of God. Go and eat and drink. Go and celebrate. Because rain is coming. Glory be to God. The Bible said after Elijah told him, and thank God Elijah now went up to the mountain and started praying. And when he even started praying, it looked as if the rain was not going to come. And he had already told the king, go and celebrate. Sent his servant the first time. The guy said, nothing, sir. I mean, I was coming to church today. I said, man, these are dark, stormy clouds. You don't have to convince any unbeliever that rain is going to fall. <laughs> It's so obvious. It wasn't like that. The guy said, there's nothing. The, the sky is bare. Elijah prayed again, sent him back. Prayed again, sent him back. Prayed again. Seven times. Even the testimony the guy brought, there's one cloud rising like the feast of a man. Uh -uh. Yeah, even at that point, me, I would have continued praying. No? I don't know about you. But Elijah knew that was enough. If I see the finger of God, it's only a matter of time. I will see all the remaining fingers. Then I will see the hand. And before long, I will see the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Verse 45. Let me just jump. I love this part because I want to prophesy this over someone this second half of the year. Verse 45 of that's 1 Kings 18. Now it happened in the meantime. And this is how it happens. When you just start acting on faith... After he saw that cloud and was convinced, wow, what God has told me is about to happen. What happened now? The sky became black with clouds. It just took a short time. Do you know that if Elijah had walked in unbelief, and because he did not see any sign, he did not pray, and did not prophesy what God told him to prophesy to the king and declare abundance of rain, this verse 45 may not have come to pass, particularly at that time. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? 
But because he exercised faith, and that sometimes that's how you have to do with joy. That's how you have to activate your breakthroughs and your by faith. There may be nothing in the physical. All you have standing is the word of God. All you have that you are standing on is a prophecy from God. But not long after, the sky became black with clouds, like we have all over Lagos this morning, and the wind, and there was heavy rain. Hallelujah. I prophesy over somebody this season, there will be heavy rain over your life. The kind of rain that you need specifically, it will be heavy over your life. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. So Ab rode away and went to Jezreel. And the Bible says in verse 46, Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And I want to distinguish between Ahab and Elijah here. This is very powerful. Watch what happened to Elijah. Now, Ahab believed the word and was rejoicing and feasting. And he was riding his chariots to, to Jezreel. In anticipation of the rain. And of course, as time went on, oh, they saw the clouds were filled and everything, and he kept riding. But Ahab did not go, and this is very important, like Elijah to pray for the rain and to make the rain. Make the rain. Let me tap a neighbor this morning and say, make your own rain. I love it when the scripture says that the husband man that laboreth with God will be the first partaker of the harvest. Ahab participated in the harvest. But the Bible said something powerful here. Ahab rode away, went to Jezreel, verse 45, verse 46. And then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he gathered up the loins, gathered up his loins and he ran ahead. Of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Ahab was in a chariot, not just even a chariot, the king's chariot. Elijah had nothing but the hand of the Lord. Glory be to God. And yet, supernaturally, God gave him speed and he outran the person that was operating on the natural. Even though this guy was believing, I mean, Ahab was, he was believing the word, was responding to the word. And that's why I want to encourage everyone, all the prayers we are praying this season, all the prayer meetings we are having. Um, last week we had some amazing, powerful prayer meetings with Dr. K. And it's going on this week now. We're going to be having a Monday prayer storm every week. Just Monday morning, online. Online. Just one hour. We just pray. We hear the word. We pray. What are we doing when we do that? We are making rain. Somebody shout, I'm making rain for myself. That's what Elijah did. And in that process, something happened to him. Nobody could explain. He himself would not explain it. But somehow, somehow, by the time they got to the entrance of Jezreel, Elijah was ahead of Ahab. God will grant you speed this season. The people and the things that seem to have left you behind, you will overtake them in the name of Jesus. You will be the head and not the tail. The power of God will propel you and give you great speed. You will advance and you will continue to advance in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's my season of rain. Hallelujah. Leviticus 25. Quickly. And what this rain will do for you is to bring jubilee into your life. Now let me say this before we read this text here. And I hope this will help somebody this morning. I really want to build on what we started sharing yesterday. This season is a season of celebration. This whole six months. It's a season of celebration. We're going to be making rain. We're going to be standing on the word of God. We're going to be prophesying and all those things. But it's a season of celebration. Because that's what God wants from us. The kingdom of heaven is like God, the king, that made a feast for his son and invited everybody to come and eat. He said, all things are ready. Tap a neighbor this morning, tell him why again, all things are ready. Tell him your healing is ready. Your breakthrough is ready. Your prosperity is ready. Your restoration is ready. Your destiny fulfillment is ready. By the favor of God. And in the Old Testament, please hear me very carefully this morning. We see types and shadows, patterns of what God was about to bring a fulfillment of in the New Testament. And we can always go back, particularly in the Old Testament, we will see details that maybe we won't see those details in the New Testament. Someone said it this way. The Old Testament of the Bible is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament of the Bible is the Old Testament revealed. In the New Testament, the veil is torn. The veil is open. What was veil? Veil was, I mean, we see them in other religions that they cover their faces. And they used to do that under the Old Testament. And Apostle Paul explained what it meant spiritually. That it, it causes a blindness of the eyes. You can't really see clearly what God is saying. But when Jesus died on the cross and when he hanged on the tree and when he declared, it is finished. Somebody shout, it is finished. The Bible said supernaturally the veil in the temple tore. The veil was stripped supernaturally. And that was God giving a sign that the things that have been concealed, the things that have been behind the veil, the things that were not revealed to the people of God, they can now be revealed. The eyes of our understanding can now be enlightened. We can now see the hope of his calling. And see there talks about understanding. And you grow in these things. We can now know the hope of his calling. We can see the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We can know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us that believe. God can now grant us revelation. God can grant us insights. We are now better positioned to believe what God has been saying. And even things that were not revealed before. But we are now in a position where we can believe it for ourselves. And we can receive them. And we can experience them. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
So what we see here in Leviticus 25 was God instituting the Jubilee. If, you, if your Bible has titles like mine, it's called the Year of Jubilee. And this is what God told them if you read from verse 8. Watch this very carefully because many of us, we are in the New Testament, but we are doing New Testament like Old Testament. You are doing New Testament. And this is how some people do. They are rejoicing and they are celebrating. Look at what God told them. You shall count seven Sabbaths of years. In other words, seven years. For yourself. The Sabbath there refers to seven days. And on the seventh day, they were supposed to rest. They were not supposed to do any work. God now told them, convert the Sabbath to years. You, you count seven years. Seven times seven years. You know your multiplication times table, that is 49. Am I right or am I right? And the time of the seven Sabbaths of years you, um, shall be to you 49 years. Then you shall cause, please hear this carefully, the trumpet of the jubilee to sound. On the tenth day of the seventh month, he gave them a specific day, a specific year. On the day of atonement, you shall make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. Somebody say, all your land. In other words, rejoice everywhere, all over the nation, every land. Verse 10, and you shall consecrate the 50th year. And proclaim liberty, hallelujah, throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. See, Jubilee is announcement or proclamation of liberty. Glory be to God. Throughout all the land, to how many of its inhabitants? Ask your neighbor for me, does that include you? Proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all, all of its inhabitants. Of course, the expectation of God is everybody can partake of this liberty. Keep in mind what Jesus said that we studied last week. The king declared, declared a feast and he told everybody to come, but everybody did not come. Again, it's for everyone. It shall be a jubilee for you. Hallelujah. And each of you shall return to his possession. Praise God. And each of you shall return to each of you shall return to your family. That 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. Notice very carefully. Old Testament. Year one, no jubilee. Year two, no jubilee. Year 7, year 14, year 21. What's that 21? 28. Somebody help me with my maths here. <laughs> All the way to 49, no jubilee. But as you reset the next one, the 50th year shall be a jubilee to you. Verse 11. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather grapes of your untended vine. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. And he gave them all these instructions. So God 
proclaimed or God declared there will be jubilee, there will be liberty, there will be freedom. If you read on, one of the most powerful things of the year of the jubilee was that all debts will become cancelled. Glory be to God. Everybody can return to their families. Every slave is going to be set free. Every credit to every lender is to forgive all their debtors of their debts. Liberty. Praise God. And they practice this, like Pastor Doing said at the beginning of service, they practice this back in the day in Israel. In fact, historical records show that usually from, because they knew the dates, they start counting from the year they left Egypt. By year 40, year 41, year 42, year 45, people will stop lending people money. You know human beings now. If it was you, what would you do? <laughs> like when our new president announced that they were removing subsidy. That very hour, Q started appearing on petrol station before they raised the price from... Sometimes I wonder, okay, even if you... Anyway, it will last you for at least one week. <laughs> People will do that because uh, there's something that will happen in year 50. Praise God. Luke chapter 4 that we read at the beginning of the service. When Jesus now came and Jesus was going to usher us into the New Testament, he changed something dramatic. And this is very important. I said something a moment ago. Many Today, Christians, you are living as if you are still under the Old Testament. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm not under the Old Testament. I'm under the New Testament. Luke chapter 4. Let, let's read from verse 16. I love this story here. Luke 4, 16. He came to Nazareth. This was after he had been baptized by John, went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible said he returned in the power of the Spirit. And he began to teach in all their synagogues. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was under the book of the prophet Isaiah. We're going to read that if time permits. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he was reading from Isaiah 61, verse 18 of Luke 4. He quoted Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that were oppressed. And verse 19, very important to what we are looking at today, to proclaim To proclaim. And you notice all these things. Th that word there is a lot in what Jesus was saying. He has anointed me to preach. Was the first thing he said. Notice he didn't say God anointed me to give the poor money. No. He said God told me to preach to the poor. The gospel. What every poor person needs is prosperity. But I'm not going to operate like a bank and give them a loan or give them cash. I'm not even going to operate like an employer that give them a job and then I will pay them salary at the end of the month. I'm only going to preach. I'm going to proclaim 
the gospel to them. Now, please, it's not ordinary preaching because that preaching has power at the back of it. Can I hear a loud amen? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And that's part of his preaching. He will preach and then he will pray for the sick and they will get healed. We saw that in his life and his ministry. But notice the emphasis on preaching and proclaiming. To proclaim liberty to the captives. I'm not going to go to the prison and kill all the security guards and break down the prison walls and tell prisoners, you can, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm only going to proclaim. Proclaim. And recovery of sight to the blind. Proclaim it. And if you really look at the earthly ministry of Jesus, he will preach and he will teach. And people that believed, he will now announce or sometimes he will lay hands and all that and heal them. To set at liberty those that are oppressed, but it's going to happen by proclamation. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That was what they called the Jubilee under the Old Testament. They called it the acceptable year. The 50th year. It was a year back in the day in Israel. Everybody was always looking forward to. In every generation, that 50th, they called it the acceptable year. Because they knew, please hear me carefully. They knew that that was the year that if they were poor, they would not be poor any longer. If they were prisoners, they would be set free. If they were indebted, their debts would be cancelled. So they called it the acceptable year of the Lord. It was a year where you are not going to work, but you will be eating. You will be feasting all through the year. You will be celebrating all through the year. It was a spe- God, don't work that year. I will provide for you. I will, and it was a year of celebration. All through Israel. Now let me say this, because I don't know if time will permit he stopped at this portion of the prophecy of Isaiah. It's interesting. The Bible said in verse 20, then he closed the book. It's interesting that Jesus did not continue to read the prophecy. This wasn't the full prophecy. We've studied that prophecy a lot in church. If time permits, I will go back to it today. This wasn't where it ended. And there's a reason why Jesus stopped. The reason was he hadn't gone to the cross yet. What he was really giving them was a foretaste of what will be finished. Somebody shout again, it is finished. On the cross. Is somebody still here this morning? So what switch did Jesus make? Jesus was now saying, Jubilee from today, just like healing, just like deliverance, any of the things he said before, it's not a matter of a calendar year anymore. Hallelujah. It's not a matter of a calendar year anymore. It's a matter of me. Glory be to God. What he was saying was that anybody that believes in me, you can now experience jubilee. And what that means is that Christ is my jubilee. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout, Christ is my jubilee. If I am in Christ, I am free. Glory be to God. If I am in Christ, I'm liberated. If I'm in Christ, I'm free from anything that wants to hold me down. And that has to be your conviction and your belief. So people that wait for a particular date to rejoice, to give thanks, to celebrate, maybe you only do your thanksgiving on church Sunday, thanksgiving. You are, Old Testament, you are practicing Old Testament spirituality. Glory be to God. You only wait. You are not even like Ahab. 
that just by the release of the word of God, you've not seen any sign in the physical, you've not seen the black clouds, you've not seen anything, but you're not ready to start feasting and eating and drinking. You are practicing Old Testament Christianity. Am I talking to somebody this morning? If you are in Christ, somebody shout, I'm in Christ. The good news to you these days is that you are free. Hallelujah. The Bible says, he that the son makes free. He is what? You are free indeed. So what we have come to do today is to announce liberty. Somebody shout, I'm free. We've come to proclaim We've come to proclaim jubilee. You are set free in all your land, every area of your life, in the name of Jesus. And you can begin to rejoice and begin to celebrate. In fact, that's what you ought to be doing. When you look at any aspect of your life that it doesn't look as if there's freedom, there's prosperity, it doesn't look as if the rain is impacting, you need to from time to time, not waiting for any date, not waiting for any service, just with a realization and a consciousness that you are in Christ, begin to celebrate concerning that aspect of your life. If you hear what I'm saying this morning, shout a loud amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Embrace that attitude that Elijah demonstrated. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And then make your own rain. Glory be to God. Make your own rain. Praise God forevermore. I want to close with Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Go with me to Matthew 7. Hallelujah. Somebody declare, my liberty is here. My liberty is here. My freedom is here. I can begin to rejoice. I can begin to eat and drink. I can begin to celebrate. I can't hear you say, I can begin to eat and drink. I can begin to celebrate. And I can make my own rain. Hallelujah. I can begin to rejoice. I can begin to eat and drink. I can begin to celebrate. I can begin to sing. I can begin to dance. And I can begin to make my own reign. Based on the word of God. And that's what I want to talk as I close this morning. You base everything on the word of God. When Jesus read that text to them. In Luke chapter 4, he told them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. I love something Kenneth Copeland taught several years ago. He said he was studying. Please hear this very carefully. You won't see that in the Bible. But like we always say, that is not there doesn't mean it's not there. He said the Spirit of God opened his eyes. Please hear this. I'm about to close. And he said that that text in Luke chapter 4 that we read, he said God told him that everywhere Jesus went, that was what he preached. After I came back from the it will open and you will read that text to them. I told them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hair. In other words, if you are sick, you don't have to be sick anymore from today. You don't have to wait for year 50 to be set free. In fact, when you study scriptures, the Bible said about the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said she had heard about Jesus. What did she hear about Jesus? She heard that there was somebody going around and proclaiming God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
God has sent me to set the captives free. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And she believed it. I don't have to wait for year 50 to receive my healing. I don't have to wait for the next miracle service in church to receive my healing. Nothing wrong with year 50, nothing wrong with the miracle service. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And she came in the press, she came in the crowd, and she told herself, she told her, if I can just touch the hem, I will be made whole. I will be healed. That's what she said. Jesus now said, your faith has made you whole. So he said, God told him that. Everywhere he went, he would tell them, I am the Christ. That prophecy in Isaiah 60 was the prophecy of the Christ. I am the anointed one that God prophesied under the days of Isaiah that will come and he will proclaim, he will preach, he will announce liberty to captives. He will tell the poor man, you don't have to be poor, you don't have to be broke, you don't have to be down. He will announce it. There is rain. Hallelujah. But when he came to his hometown, the Bible said they refused to believe it. In fact, let's go back to that Luke chapter 4. I love something Jesus taught them there. Please, before we go to Matthew 7. Luke chapter 4. Again, something powerful here. This will help somebody this morning. Because some people think that Jesus, and there were texts you will read where they said they will bring all the sick and he healed them all. Yes, he healed them all and everybody got healed. And perhaps there were some services where there was just a strong move of the power of God that even people that didn't necessarily exercise faith got healed. We can't rule that out. But the MO and the standard that God set in place for the people of God is that a proclamation will come. A preaching will come. And God expects like Ahab for his people to believe that day that what God has announced is going to happen for them. But then there were people in Jesus' hometown. Verse 21, Luke 4, 21. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, everything I've announced to you can happen right now. Glory be to God. But look at how they responded. Verse 23, Jesus said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. I love that teaching here. This thing. In other words, they looked at Jesus and they saw some coma in his life. What do I mean by that? What, when you say physician in yourself, what are you saying? You are saying when you solve your own problem. In fact, before that, the Bible said, they said to themselves, is this not Mary's daughter, Mary's son? Are his brothers and his sisters not with us? You won't see it in the Luke account. It's in another account. So they must have seen his family members... And things didn't look perfect in the natural. Please hear me and hear me very well. Again, back to Ahab and Elijah. Ahab did not wait to see the black clouds. Hallelujah. Help me tap anybody this morning and say, what are you waiting for? Your miracle is right beside you. Your blessing is right beside you. Have you not heard? There is an abundance of the sound of rain. Have you not heard? Jesus said, you will say to me, you say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have had done in Capernaum, do also here in your own country. They told him, until we see the miracle, we are not going to act on what you are proclaiming. 
They turned the whole thing upside down. Until we see the rain, we are not going to act like rain. There's rain. Ah, I know you said there was rain in the last meeting you went. You said there was, show us the rain. <laughs> and that's not how to receive the word of God. Because there's no faith in that. There's no faith in that. Verse 24, then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, please hear this and hear this very well. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut for three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. In other words, God could have healed everybody, but he picked just one person. He gave them another example. Many lepers were in Israel. In the time of Elisha, this was even very interesting. There were sick people in Israel, but the prophet was sent to cleanse someone that was not in Israel, a Syrian, Neman. So to respond with the prophecy, physician, heal yourself. Before you heal, you receive God's word. You are going to miss God. God could have healed all the lepers in Israel, but he chose to heal a Syrian. So you can't look at a prophet and say, your mother is still among us. Your brother is still struggling like us. That's why you're not going to believe. You can't respond to God's word like that. The Bible said when he told them, many of them were angry with him. I hope there's nobody angry with me here this morning. And I love it. The Bible said he went about, he was teaching in their villages. Because that's how you renew people's minds. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Can I hear somebody declare, it's my season of jubilee. See, the rain is falling all around me. I have reason to eat and drink and rejoice. Because God has said so. Hallelujah. Matthew 7, let me close and then we're going to pray. Matthew chapter 7. Everything we have been prophesying about the rain, everything that we have been teaching about what the rain does in our lives, everything that we are declaring about jubilee and liberty and freedom, which will be your testimony this season. Can I hear a loud amen? Please understand everything rests upon the word of God. We have not followed cunningly devised fables, people of God. Everything rests upon the word of God. And I tell you, if you are going to experience the abundance of rain like God wants you to experience it, somebody said that would be my portion this season. If you are going to walk in jubilee like God has ordained for you to experience this season, somebody shout, that will be my testimony. You must live your life based on the word of God. Luke 7.24 as we close this morning. Therefore, therefore, and I'm using that therefore as in everything I've said, because of everything we've said about the rain, because of everything we've said about jubilee, because of that, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and does them. Somebody say, I hear. And I do. Say it again, I hear. 
and I do. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Tap your neighbor and say, wise man, I see you. Wise woman, I see you. Who built his house on the rock? Built his house on the rock. Verse 25. And the rain descended. Now, there are two type, types there are two ways the Bible uses rain in scriptures. There is the one we have been emphasizing that talks about rain of blessing, rain of abundance, rain of favor. Hello? Then there's what Jesus is talking about here. When rain and storm and calamity comes, that is like attack of the enemy. And that's what he's saying here. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. Problems came, challenges came, issues came. So this is another reason why it's important to hear what God is saying. It's not just that God wants to give you victory and God wants you to prosper and God wants you to excel. It's also as a form of defense. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That you have all these prophecies and all these blessings does not mean there will be no challenges in life. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, and it did not fall. Your marriage will not fall. Your career will not fail. Your health will not crumble. Hallelujah. Why did it not fall? The man founded it on the rock. He built his marriage on the word of God. Built his family on the word of God. Challenges come, but the house stood. Hallelujah. Let me even give you another interpretation of that. Not just seeing rain as a challenge. Even rain of blessing. Do you remember the scripture that says that the prosperity of a fool destroys them? We can even use that interpretation, although that's not what Jesus said here. Jesus was talking about reign of adversity, reign of challenges. That's what he was really speaking about here. But let's even leave that aside. If you hear all these prophecies and you don't stand on the word and build on the word and believe the word of God, even the promotion that will come can destroy somebody. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. The prosperity of a fool destroys. It can get into your head. Not because God doesn't want you to prosper. Hello. Not even because the enemy is attacking you. But because you did not build on the word of God. It's my season of jubilee. But build your house on the word of God. Verse 26, everyone who hears the sayings of mine and does not do them. Does not do them. Will be like a foolish man. Who built his house on sand. That's what it means when you're not standing on the wall. You're standing on sand. You're standing on shaky ground. The rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew. And 
spit on the house. And that house fell. Again, I prophesy your house will not fall. Great was the fall. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Glory, glory be to God. I want us to hold on to that as we go on. You see, when we are talking jubilee, when we are talking rain is coming, prosperity is coming, increase is coming, the only thing that will keep us after the rain comes, whether it's rain of blessing or rain of adversity, the only thing that will keep us is the word of God. Hallelujah. The only thing that will keep your marriage, your business, your career, your health, your children is what? Talk to me, somebody. Build on the word of God. And this is God's promise to us. If we will stand on the word and build on the word and believe the word. See, it's our foundation in King's word. Even when we pray in our prayer meetings, we always pray the word. We will show scripture. It's an intentional thing. It's a deliberate thing. Because that's what you are standing on. And in the final analysis, that's all you have. Hallelujah. And that's what will bring victory for you everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet this morning. Thank you, Father. Mango dosa kata yada breke dosata. And I want you to begin to declare, it's my season of jubilee. It's my season of jubilee. I want you, this is what God said to tell you, give yourself permission to rejoice. Give yourself permission to rejoice. Somebody later today, take yourself out, take your family out, go and celebrate somewhere. Go out to a dinner somewhere. Go out to and just even if you are single, go and rejoice. Go and celebrate because it's my season of jubilee. Take yourself on a vacation. Go and enjoy and go and celebrate. And you are doing it because God said so. I am standing on the word of God. Jubilee has been proclaimed for me this season. I am eating. I am drinking. I am celebrating. Rejoice because God has declared you have victory. You have liberty. You have freedom in the name of Jesus. And begin to thank God right where you are this morning. It's my season of jubilee. I have every right to rejoice. I have every right to sing. I have every right to celebrate. I have every right to dance. I have every right to praise God. I have every right to expect a miracle. I have every right to expect a breakthrough. I have every right to expect victory. I have every right to expect God to fight my battles for me. And I will celebrate. Even though I have no physical manifestation yet, I will act on the word of God. I will eat, I will drink, I will celebrate because Christ is my jubilee. I'm not waiting for a date. I'm not waiting for an event. I'm not waiting for something to happen. Something has already happened. Jesus has died on Calvary and Jesus has announced it is finished. So I know I have healing already. I have victory already. I have breakthrough already. I can begin to dance i can begin to sing i can throw a party i can celebrate because of god's word 
come on begin to praise him begin to thank him and announce it over and over again my jubilee season is here my jubilee season is now in the name of jesus the preceding message was brought to you by king's word everywhere nigeria we are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.